0: Welcome to Love Bites. Love Bites. Love Bites. Love Bites. By Dr. Tara, your destination for sexual wellness and mindful relationship advice. Hope you're having an orgasmic day. Want to stay harder longer? Developed by experts Eddie by Giddy. Is a wearable device designed to help men treat erectile dysfunction. Eddie gently grips around the base of the penis and optimizes blood flow, keeping you hotter longer. Keep it up so you can nut and get Eddie today by clicking the link in this episode description or by going to eddybygiddy.com. That's E-D-D-I-E by giddy.com. Listeners of Love Bites can also save $25 on Eddie by using promo code L-U-V-B-I-T-S 25. That's Love Bites 25. According to Medical News Today, sex surrogates or surrogate partner therapy can help patients in dealing with sexual anxiety, sexual dysfunction, trauma, and the list of benefits is long. We're talking to a pro today to clarify misconceptions and to better understand this often misunderstood type of therapy. Hello my loves, it's Dr. Tara, your favorite sex and relationship expert here at Love Bites, the podcast for sexual wellness and exploration. Today we With us, we have the fabulous Dr. Lori Bennett Cook, who is a clinical sexologist specializing in non-monogamy, kink, and sex work. A former sex worker herself, she and her partner have been practicing non-monogamy in one form or another for the entirety of their 20 years uh, relationship. She works with clients all over the world and resides in Palm Springs, California. Hi, Dr. Lori.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for coming on this show. I'm so excited to talk to you. Your journey is fascinating from a sex worker, surrogate partner to clinical sexologist. I'm intrigued. Please tell us more.
1: What got Mm -hmm. you into sex work? So sex work, my partner and I were, like I said, have already been non-monogamous for quite some time. I don't consider myself much of a risk taker believe it or not. Whoa. Um, some people would disagree considering <laughs> uh-huh. sex work, but we ride Harleys. We were at Vention um, for Harleys and, and there was a booth there for a brothel. And one of the women working the booth, we struck up a conversation. I was curious about all things sexuality. And she said, you should come work for us. And I went, yeah, I'm not some 22 year old tight body, platinum blonde, not happening. And she said, no, you'd you'd fit right in with our businessmen. You should think about it. She gave me her card. A year passed. I was curious. I was in law school at the time. And we went to the rally again the following year, ran into her again. And first thing she said was, you never called. So let's go have an interview. An interview to be a sex worker? This is a thing. So we did. We left there with knowing that I had an offer to come work for them for a couple weeks. And if it was a fit for both of us, then I would consider working more. And And when I left, I thought, I'm just going to go for two weeks just for my own exploration. It'll be fun. I can explore my own sexuality in a safe environment because there's security. There's, you know, people looking out for me. Prior to my marriage to my current husband and stuff, I had been married before. I was raised a very good little Mormon girl. It had only ever been with my first husband. So I really didn't have a lot of sexual experience.
0: To that point, you have just had sex with your ex-husband. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So (laughs) after your first husband, you're like, fuck it. I'm going to go explore and it's safe. It is a a much safer environment if you think about it. Then you started, like, what was that like?
1: It was... Really, really eye opening for me. I went into it with my own preconceived notions, of course. Right. All the things, were, you know, the women are all going to be catty. Right. The men that come through there that our clients are going to be terrible and degrading of us. And everybody's a man. You know, just all these things. Right. And that could not have been farther from the truth. I found the women that I worked with to be very sisterly and supportive and wanting each other to succeed. You know, if a client came in and it wasn't somebody that was going to do well with me, then I would be happy to say, Oh, come over here and meet this person. And yeah, the jealousy wasn't there, I was expecting. The clients were very respectful, clean, very kind. Wow. Treated me better than most people I had ever been on a date with, which completely changed my perception of dating and my standards. Yeah. Wow. There is a huge
0: misconception then. Mm-hmm. When people think men that go to brothels are like dirty, Mm -hmm. usually like, you know, dirty, nasty, alpha men. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. rude, alpha men
1: degrading. Narcissistic. Yeah. Was not my experience. I found it... Many of the clients that came through were looking for an experience for themselves, Mm -hmm. whether that be a sexual experience, a fantasy they wanted played out, someone to talk to, some holding, some cuddling, just sit in a hot tub with a glass of wine, whatever it was, they were there for themselves, but they were also very intentional. And I think that a lot of the reason is what we can learn just in the dating world and just in the being with a partner world in general is that all the interactions started off with a negotiation. Mm-hmm. Everything was very honest. What are you looking for today? What would you like to see happen? And deciding if yes, I'd like to do that or no, I wouldn't, or I'd like to do this part, but not that part. I'm not comfortable. And it was so straightforward. And then of refreshing, course refreshing, right? Very refreshing. <laughs> and then, you know, it's transactional, but right. even in our relationships with people on a daily that we're dating. If we could talk that boldly about what it is that we're seeking and looking for, I think we'd have a lot more success.
0: Oh, 100%. The issue, the epidemic that we're having isn't necessarily
1: sex or relationship, it's communication. A
0: lot of people suck.
1: Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people suck at, at communication and they think that the communication is enough to just put out. I'm saying what I want, and what I need. Mm-hmm. And that that's one part of it. But we need to say what we want and what we need in a way that it will land on the person who we want to hear it so that they will hear it. Exactly. Because if we're not speaking the same language, we can be saying what we want all day long. But if it's not in a way that they can't hear it, it's not going to go anywhere. True, effective communication is key. Exactly. Not insulting communication, not right. you
0: did this and you never. Oh, you know? That yeah. have never worked on anybody. No. <laughs> I have a personal question. When you worked as a sex worker, did you ever orgasm?
1: Oh, all the time. <laughs> all you the did? time? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because people think like, oh, sex workers, they just hate their job or they don't have any fun. But Most of us in any field that we work in, we're not going to stick with it if we don't enjoy it on some level anyway. So why is it not okay to think that a sex worker would enjoy yourself too? I love it. They want you to be enjoying themselves. They want an authentic experience. They know it's transactional, but they still want an authentic experience.
0: That's cool. I've Mm -hmm. never thought of it like that. I kind of thought like, you know, when you're a sex worker, you kind of just give, you don't receive. But that's such a cool thing to know. Okay, so you were in this journey. And then when did you switch over to sex surrogate?
1: I was a sex worker for about a year. And then I had taken a sabbatical from law school at that time. And then I left and I was going to go back to law school. And I did for a little bit. But having that experience, it was just kind of like, okay, I need to I need to stay in this field somehow. What can I do? So I started researching ways to work in sexuality that were the word legitimate, it's the wrong word. because Sex work is very legitimate, but respected, I guess. Some way that it could actually, you could advertise and be like, here I am, right. what am I doing? Right. And, accepted occupation. Right. As accepted as anything sexual can be, you right. know. <laughs> And I specifically wanted to work with a clientele that I saw come through the brothel, which were older virgins, people with disabilities, people looking to learn how to be sexual with another person, but wanting more coaching, hands-on, etc. like that. So I came across surrogacy and that felt like a really good fit and done that for a number of years and have really, really enjoyed that work as well
0: in sex surrogacy you work with a sex therapist it's like a Mm -hmm. triad model right where you're like the hands-on therapist and there's like a kind of a cock therapist Mm -hmm. and then there's the patient or client Mm -hmm. so with the clients do you often find yourself working with them in ways that like end up like basically touching each other and having sex or is Mm -hmm. it typically just you touching them
1: we both touch each other. and the reason for that, and if you think about it, sex like many things we do physically is tactile. We learn by doing yeah and <laughs> you know you have somebody who's just for example, fifty years old, never even held hands with another person and it doesn't do them any favors to say, you know, oh, go on okay, Cupid and just meet somebody right. and then just go practice with someone and put that other person up now they're a train trainer like that's not. It's not really kind to do to somebody and set them up like that. So yeah, teaching how to hold hands, eye gazing, learning to talk, looking at another person and not shying away from that, going out to a restaurant and learning how to go on a date with someone, cuddling, holding, spooning, caressing, touching a body that isn't your own and receiving touch from someone that isn't yourself. It's all very, very powerful. It's very slow. It's very methodical. There's steps that go through. I would see a client for ideally for like a couple hours on a Monday and then call the therapist afterwards. This is what we worked on. This were their highs, their lows, challenges, et cetera. And they would see their therapist maybe Tuesday or Wednesday and, and be able to process and talk through what came up for them. It doesn't work well if the surrogate is also playing the role of the therapist. I mean, it's very therapeutic for the client mm-hmm. but it takes away the part of being a surrogate partner someone who's actually a partner you know if you're like holding that partner space and then you're like okay let me sit back and be your therapist now And process. right
0: it's so it's such different mm-hmm. functions
1: mm-hmm.
0: You, when you're talking and you're going deep to perhaps like mm-hmm. a certain moment of trauma mm-hmm. and like embracing touch is, is so different modality. So mm-hmm. I can see how when you're touching each other, it's best to just focus on
1: that. Well, it's good to focus on that too. And even when they want to go deep and sometimes they do and they'll cry and they want to talk about it at that mm-hmm. time. And that's fine. Also, what happens is those things are very powerful and they stick with them four days later. Yeah. And to have another person who is on your team and able to process that with you, it's very powerful and very supportive.
0: Dr. Lori, now you are a clinical sexologist. What are you currently working on or are you chilling with your husband and having all the fun? (laughs) A little of everything.
1: I love that. (laughs) A little of everything. I don't currently have any surrogate clients. I'm very particular about who I take on at this time. So I have a couple that I'm considering right now, but other than that, since COVID, it really stopped for quite a bit, as you can imagine. And so most of my clientele are... Couples or singles or triads that are navigating non-monogamy in some way. I really, really enjoy coaching those who are exploring swinging, polyamory, BDSM and kink. And then, you know, living my life with my hubby here in Spring, yeah. which is a very adult town. Love that. Adult town. There is a like a nudist resort, right? Or a couple? Yeah there's several for men only Mm -hmm. and there are one, two, three, four that I can think of that are for any gender that can go. And there's only one that I know of in town that is strictly nudist. That is no sexual activity, but the others would be nudist slash lifestyle. So if you see the word Mm -hmm. lifestyle, (laughs) lifestyle, Is that keyword for
0: other fun things may happen? Other
1: fun sexual things may happen. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But if it's
0: like strictly nude, does that mean just like you can be naked, you can be comfortable mm. in your bodies, but no sex? Right.
1: right. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. That's something new
1: I just yeah. learned. Yeah. And there's several nudist places all over Southern California that are strictly nude, but there's a few lifestyle, lifestyle. places out here. Yeah. Which are nice because it's nice if you want to go lay in the sun and be naked, but also be invited the to do fun for, things yes yeah, exactly
0: <laughs> now what's the demographics of the lifestyle resorts is it like all over the place from people in their 20s 30s 40s 50s or is it older folks
1: primarily, I would say probably 40s and up. Okay. Every now and then you find somebody that's younger, but 40s and up and more 50s and 60s. Okay. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons that i found for that. The probably the top two that I found for that are I'm older, you know what, I'm not looking for anybody else's permission. This is something I've always wanted to do. I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, you know what, I'm going to give my chance at Time to explore. I've always been too scared to do these things. And now I'm going to try. And you can afford to go do the things better now because you're making a better living as you get older and you're not so busy with school, et cetera. And you're not so busy raising kids anymore. So there's a lot more freedom that enters your life in general as we get older. So it's kind of freedom on all fronts.
0: That's so true. Like a lot of things facilitate like Mm -hmm. that type of lifestyle. Interesting, when you were a surrogate, I guess you are still, but you're a lot more like passive these days, kind of selecting new clients. Okay. Back when you were really busy Mm -hmm. as sex surrogate, what Mm -hmm. were the most memorable situations Mm -hmm. during back then?
1: The most powerful moments are the ones that so many of us just take for granted all the time that we don't recognize as the privilege of touch that many of us have in our life. There was one man I was working with and it was chilly and we were laying on the bed and we had done an exercise where we take turns resting each other's bodies for just a certain area for a certain amount of time. And we laid down and we were going to spoon, have a spooning exercise. We were just like going to stay and just hold each other for a little bit and take turns. And it was cold. And I I just said, oh, and I didn't even think about asking first because I was just cold and when you're cold, you grab a blanket, right? So I was cold. So I grabbed a blanket and just put it over the top of us. And he just immediately got rigid and then softened and started crying oh. and, you know, stopped. And okay, what just happened? He was late forties said in my entire life, I don't ever remember being under a blanket with somebody and being held this way. Oh. And the comfort that just came with that, with, with the added with the blanket is something that I mean, you wouldn't think that that would be so powerful, you know? We don't realize how much we just go through our days with these little bitty things, how much these simple things are incredibly powerful. Mm, Human touch. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow.
1: And just being held in that space. Yeah,
0: absolutely love Mm -hmm. that story. Were there ones that were kind of like funny or...
1: Oh, yeah, because, you know, you have like bodily function things. And... Yeah,
0: <laughs> like what happened? Walk you us know, through one of them. Is it know, like someone
1: pooped like... during a session? <laughs> like... No, but I can remember just like even for myself, I was working with this person and bless his heart. He was so sweet. And and he was trying to give me a massage and he was went to straddle my back, straddle over my back my bottom while he was going to massage my shoulders and such. And he had terrible gas and he was so embarrassed. And I'm like, oh. okay, how do I address this? What do I do? And it was just like filling up the room and he wasn't saying anything. So finally, I just, okay, stop. So what's going on here? It was a whole conversation about, all right, if you're going to be intimate, what to eat before, what not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, what did he eat before? So he you know, was farting while giving you a sexual massage? Oh, completely,
1: completely <laughs> all over the place. It was just like, okay, this oh, has to no. stop. What's happening? It was just one of those things that we don't think about, again, that sometimes require conversation. Like people just don't know. Most of us don't know until we're like, oh, I know that food gives me gas. I probably shouldn't do that if I'm going to be sexual with somebody. Oh my god! But if you've never been naked with another person or sexual in any way, it might not be something that you even think about. Something that comes <laughs> up like in the surrogacy that you don't realize, it's like, okay, this is something to have a conversation about. it's like, yeah. something we have to talk about. People will do, you know, a really big job making sure their face is good and their deodorant, but it's like, okay, your genitals, how do you take care of that too? Because mm-hmm. sex involves genitals mm-hmm. usually. So let's make sure that those are clean as well. And what <laughs> are you, you know, how are you navigating that?
0: Yeah, you're a teacher. Yeah. Have you had anal sex with a uh, surrogate client? I haven't with surrogate client, no. Mm, is it mainly either like P V penetrative sex or just like touching and spooning?
1: When it happens, it's penetrative penis and vagina. But most people don't realize it doesn't always lead to that. Like many times on the table, it could become that. But I have found most clients, by the time they get to that point, they're feeling pretty comfortable. They're wanting to start trying dating. And while we do develop feelings with each other, because that's part of the process too, many times they want to save that for, I don't want to say I'm not special, but you know, someone... (laughs) more special somebody that's for them wow that's so interesting because you think you go
0: to to a sex surrogate you would want to practice your thrusts or something
1: a lot of times they do but I find that those that come to see me that are virgins don't always want to go there because they want to save that for somebody else. And then they can continue with that process with their therapist and what that looks like dating, et cetera. But those that have struggled with maybe coming too quickly or not being able to come, which is all subjective, but for themselves, they come too quickly or it takes them too long or they're not sure how to navigate their own body or they really want like coaching in that.
0: And what do you yeah. mean by feelings for each other?
1: part of the process as a surrogate client and especially if they've never had a relationship with another person and now you're with myself or another surrogate it is very intimate and it is very personal and you're sharing things that you haven't ever shared before and it's pretty impossible to not develop feelings and we as humans it's easy for us to really develop love feelings for somebody that we feel cares so much about us and for mm. us that does happen and it's fine. And that's part of the reason the therapist is there because they can help make sure that it stays within that the confines yeah. of that relationship. And then when the surrogacy ends, then the therapist is able to help them come out of that as well. Safe to say you had to break some hearts? I guess, you know, but <laughs> I- fell I, in love with you? I don't, I don't see it that way because- <laughs> I think they fall in love with what I'm bringing to the room. Yeah. Because they don't really know me, you know, Mm -hmm. and people will ask me like that. Oh, do you fall in love with your patient or your clients? And do they fall in love with you? And it's like, you know, in that moment, I can feel real love for that person. I really can. But they don't know me. Most of them won't know unless they've heard me speak somewhere, that I'm married. Mm-hmm. They don't know about the life I have outside there. They don't know what I'm having for dinner that night, when my birthday is, what my favorite <sighs> toppings are on pizza. Like you just don't know each other. right? What they know is how I make them feel when we are mm-hmm. in that space. And hopefully how I make them feel is like their best self so that they can take whatever we've done together and go out in the world and do great things going them yeah. forward. And, and have I that do, with I another make- human being. Yeah. And if I do my job right, I work my way out of working with them.
0: So one can argue that anyone can benefit from this type of therapy, like sex surrogacy. What do you think? Who would you recommend for this type of therapy?
1: I do think that probably most people can benefit from surrogacy on some level. It doesn't have to necessarily be with a professional. And most people do have the experiences, whether it's in their teenage years with friends and exploration and college, etc., before you finally settle down. And all right, now I, I know what works for me sexually and I'm doing my thing. Like you have all these different experiences. And then there's people that haven't had any experiences whatsoever. And those would be people, like I said, maybe I'm the first person whose hand they've even held. Like they haven't had any experiences and it can be very scary. It can take so much bravery to be, An adult and knowing I need to go see a professional to help me Mm -hmm. learn how to touch and be intimate with another person. There can be a lot of grieving that takes place at that point, too. That like, what's wrong with me that I had to do this? Um, I've waited so long, you know, a lot of different things that can come up for a person in that place. But other people as well, I've worked with people that either have disabilities, whether they're chronic or acute, Mm -hmm. maybe they sexuality was working for them one way and they had an accident. Now they have to realize like, how do I make my body work this way? Or maybe they've had gender affirming surgeries and they have genitalia that they're like, okay, I'm getting to know this now. How does this work Mm -hmm. right for me and with another partner? There's so many different things. I've worked also with different couples that for whatever reason, the couples that I've worked with just aren't jiving right, whether that's that they had no sexual experience whatsoever prior to meeting each other. And now all of a sudden you're married, and you're supposed to just get it. No, to just not making it work. Do you work
0: with long term married couples that Mm -hmm. don't have great sex?
1: I have. Yeah. One of those things, the communication things. And sometimes it's, oh, I wish he would touch me lighter this way or something. And he needs somebody to actually show him like, okay, see when we touch like this, now you practice touch like that. And can you see how her body's reacting and really be in that space, like moment by moment, rather than just so focused, like I got to please her.
0: Do wives send their husbands to like train with you? (laughs) (laughs)
1: that has happened a couple times but (laughs) usually that that will very quickly go into like okay the wife in the room and practice on her and I'm here to show you how to do that so that I can back out of the room be like all right fun
0: (laughs) (laughs) and usually during all these sessions everyone's Mm -hmm. naked yep I feel like it's such an important thing if you've not had any kind of Sexual interaction or romantic interaction to like even be naked in front of someone can probably be scary, right?
1: It can be incredibly scary. It's actually more scary, I find, for people to be naked in front of someone without sexual activity right. and with because with sexual activity it's awkward. Can hide behind it. We're frenzied. We're like, oh, I'm about you, and I can yeah in arms and hide. Naked is like,
0: ah, and I'm just standing here and yeah. What are your top three advice for people dealing with sexual difficulties?
1: The first one that comes to mind would be don't be afraid to explore. Like we have... So much at our fingertips right now. We have the internet, we have books, we have videos, we have porn, we have people like yourself or your podcast, like different things. There's so many ways to get information that start exploring. If something's piquing your interest, like check out what that is for any of those venues. Seek a sex positive sex therapist, if you can, you don't want to just go like, I'm just gonna see a therapist, because most therapists do not have training in sexuality. It's just not part of the therapy, which is interesting, marriage and family, but they don't necessarily specialize in any kind of sexuality. And just see if you can find if you find that you're talking to somebody and what you're interested in is you know, sucking toes or mm-hmm. something that is is of no harm to any other human being, mm-hmm. right? And it's consensual. And it sounds exciting to you and someone is making you feel bad about that then find another therapist and talk to
0: oh them. my god I have to you tell know. you this story many years ago I had a therapist who like I finally kind of came out as like I want to be in an open relationship like mm-hmm. I want to fuck somebody else mm-hmm. and she was shaming me so she's traditional and she was not like in and like oh that's terrible you're terrible but mm-hmm. like she would say well let's not go there yeah, He said something like that. Like, yeah. well, let's not go there. Let's explore different things you can do with your husband first. Like I used to be married and uh, it was crazy because that's the first thing a therapist who's supposed to be on your side and help you explore different mm-hmm. things that you you know feel but immediately she said mm, let's not go there let's explore yeah. other things with your yeah. current person first I'm like eh I don't know if I like you anymore
1: yeah and rather than asking like why is it that you're interested in this right right it that and it curious? felt
0: so dismissive like it felt like she just doesn't care about me but care about what is quote-unquote society looks at as relationship success which is having Mm. one partner and a golden retriever a couple of children and Mm. white picket fence home
1: yeah and without that you can't really be happy
0: no no oh wow you want to open up your marriage you're in a terrible place
1: yeah yeah which is so fascinating I'm sorry that you went through that because you should yeah, never be shamed for something that you're want to, wanting to explore. Curious, Yeah, just curious at the very least, like curiosity. I think people forget that as a client, you have hired us, like I'm under your employee. So if it's not working, tell me, tell me why. And I have, and many therapists that I know don't have a problem referring you to somebody else. That could do, maybe, maybe we've gone as far as we can go. Maybe we're just not the right fit, maybe for whatever reason. But most people get into the work of counseling on some level, whether it's counseling, coaching, therapy, medicine, anything, because you want to help other people succeed.
0: So an exciting question is, are you in any way accepting of new applications? If (laughs) clients are interested, if people listening are interested?
1: Yeah, if somebody is interested, send me an email and I like I to do a, a, a consult first, kind of take the temperature to even see if we're a good fit for each other, because I, I might not be what they're looking for. They might not be somebody that I feel I could get to where they want to be either. You're a kink-informed
0: practitioner and you've been in a non-monogamous relationship for now like 20 years. What are your tips for people trying out non-monogamy for the first time?
1: You know, I would say take it a little bit slow because so often, whether it be exploring kink or exploring non-monogamy, first thing they do is like, I'm curious about being a swinger. So instead of like reading a little bit, talking with a coach or a counselor, sexologist or somebody about it, they're like, we're going to do this. And so they just go online, make a profile, show up at a party and do whatever they're doing, or they go to a club and they find themselves in the middle of an orgy, and then all of a sudden, all the things like, ah, I didn't expect this, and I didn't expect that, and what about this? And, or they're just like, I'm going to a dungeon and I'm gonna let this person do what they're gonna do on me.
0: And they had a bad experience because they, they, they weren't
1: prepared. They weren't prepared, and it's so overwhelming. Like, you don't learn to swim just throwing somebody in the deep end. Again, we have so many opportunities for literature, videos. You could go to a club and just watch. Mm -hmm. and just see and then leave with your partner and go so what did you think about that what came up for you what did you like what didn't you like what seemed scary same with non-monogamy and swinging and polyamory too often polyamory i just met somebody i think i'm in love with them but i want to be in love with you too so now i'm polyamorous and then that leaves their other partner going like wait what what does that mean Mm -hmm. for me well you have to accept me because i'm polyamorous well that's not how it's ethically done or swinging too we're just going to go to a party and just swap and not even talk about comes up for us
0: how should someone start that conversation the second one that you were talking about the polyamory if let's say you come home and you're like i think i fell in love with someone else and maybe i am maybe i'm not like polyamorous but i kind of want to try how do you recommend this person come out to their partner
1: That's really hard because our feelings are very strong and very real and very valid. And the feelings that you have, this other person may truly be that, yes, you are in love with them and you still love your current partner and you want to do that. If at all possible, it's not that you're going to dispose the second person, but to be able to say like, okay, hold on, this is something I want to see where it goes. You know, just pause for a second So I can check the temperature here. We can see a therapist, see if this is even something that we can navigate together so that I can maintain both relationships. Because it's not fair to you if you're in love with two different people to be like, I have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. But it's also not fair to the new partner to be like, oh, well, you know, it's dependent on this other person over here. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair to your current partner at all to be like, this is what I'm feeling you either have to go along with or not. We don't have to rush into things. And I think too often people are like, I have to rush and I have to do all the things because the feelings are so strong. And it's okay to be like, okay, catch your breath, pause. Let's really see if this is even something mm-hmm. that the current relationship can weather can go through is the interest in this person over here, because you haven't been maintaining and taking care of your current relationship and you're looking for an escape, which Mm. happens. Is it really that this is solid that, you know, this relationship does feed your needs and everything. And this other is in addition to that, which is the healthiest. Mm. But if you're finding yourself in a comparison state, well, I'm really interested in this person because this person doesn't anymore. And I'm over here because I feel because this isn't anymore. Then that's a whole other issue. <laughs> yeah. Then maybe get a divorce. Or is even that what's necessary? Maybe it's all okay, but maybe there's just a couple things that need tweaking. Like right. what is the other current partner even thinking and feeling right now?
0: Seek out sex positive sex coach or therapist to help navigate this conversation. And maybe there's some kind of step-by-step step consideration for all of this. You don't have to do it alone. And with right. the help of a professional, it could be a lot easier and a less confusing easier. and less scary.
1: Yeah. Somebody that comes in that's more objective because you don't want your therapist, you know, it's like, oh, taking sides. Like the client right. is the relationship, whether that's relationship yeah. with all three people or these people here or that and what's healthy.
0: Beautiful ending. Well, I have a game that I want to play with you. Okay. And it's called 10 Quickies with Dr. Tara. All right. I'm going to give you a word and I just want you to give a response. It can be one word or one sentence. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> anything at all. Anything All else. right. All right. Number Let's... one, threesomes. Yes. <laughs> Number two, lesbian porn. Yes. Number three, deep throat.
1: Uh, gagging. <laughs> <laughs> number four, pegging. Very much, much unexpected. How much I enjoy doing that. Ooh. Yes. Number five, open marriage. Definitely.
0: Number six, exhibitionism. Depends on the audience. Number seven, gangbang.
1: One of my favorite things.
0: Yeah. Woo! Sexy. And number eight, sounding. Never done it. Curious. It sounds scary to me. I've never done it either. Um, It's like putting a rod inside the penis penis. hole and a lot of people enjoy it. And definitely like no judgment. It just sounds like it would hurt.
1: It sounds very painful. I knew a guy once that would do that with pipe cleaners, (sighs) which sounds incredibly (laughs) painful to me. Yeah. It's yeah. (laughs) I don't have a penis. I can't imagine wanting it for myself, but for right. those who do, I'm curious in how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Number nine, aftercare. Very, very appreciated and very underrated. And last but not least, number 10, cuckolding. Fascinating and much more common than I think people realize. Really? Yeah. Is this is based on observation? based on a lot of observation and couples that I've worked with. That's one, again, to go into that people assume that it has to involve all this humiliation and everything. It's a huge spectrum.
0: Yeah, I feel like I
1: should have a whole episode just about that. You totally should. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for being my guest today.
1: It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Of
0: course and lovelies my love bite fam if you're interested in Dr. Lori's work all of her links will be in the show notes and per usual have an orgasmic day I'm all about being sexual and in the moment this is why I orgasmically recommend the pulse warming system Pulse dispenses warm lube with just a swipe of your hand so you can get right back to action, which my partner and I really love. So toss that sticky lube bottle and get the Pulse warming system today. Check out the link and discount code in this episode's description and have an orgasmic play. Thanks for listening. This was was Love Bites. Love Bites by dr tara follow dr tara on social media at lovebites.co have an orgasmic day